Hey, we're getting right into it again because it's influencer time. Yeah, we're talking about how to influence your kids to do the chores that you're telling them to do. They continually cliche. tell them what to do. It yeah. works though, but this is a common issue. So everything that you're going to be learning here that we're going to be sharing, this three-step process that we have to stay in that zone of influence and get people to comply not only externally, but internally. They want to get on board with what you're inviting them into is going to be that's applicable beyond just getting the chores done in the house. So um, kind of speaking directly to the parents here, mm-hmm. but this process is something that will can be know, used for adults too. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the workplace, we got some future podcasts where we're focused on some more scenarios here in the workplace, but for now, parents, your center stage here. This You're the focus. For you. All right. See you in there. Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt. And I am Aaron. We are the Ingolds, the founders of Metanoia Catholic, where we aim to make mindset coaching authentically Catholic and practical. We just love to take all of these tools and techniques and share them with you on this podcast. We also train and coach other Catholic coaches. Come on into the podcast. Hey, welcome back. We're continuing on kind of like uh, our, our, our tangent on the Influencer uh, yes. series that we just released. Yes. And uh, last week we, we gave some tips for parents, how to be better influencers of our kids. We, we talked about the specific scenario of getting your kid to go to youth group. Mm-hmm. All right, so check that out if you've got teenagers. This one's going to be a, another common situation that we have in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to follow the same format that we did last time of this process of GLOW, G-L-O. Uh, this is how we stay in that zone of influence. Remember, In what, a practical way. Yeah, like super practical yeah. ways. And I love this continues to build on the work that we do with temperaments because mm-hmm. we're always considering unique design. But again, if you want to stay in that zone of influence, which is... Which is what we really want as parents. We don't want just external compliance. We want to have this internal obedience that's there. Because mm-hmm. if we don't get that, then as soon as they leave the house, they're doing whatever they want to do. Yeah, we taught a lot about this in our last episode. Yeah. Kind of like the intro to why we chose to do this and what the influencing mm-hmm. is. And actually, even just you know the podcast before that, four podcasts before that, we talked all about influencing. So... If you do want to learn a little bit more, feel free to go back if you haven't listened to that yet. So that's going to be really helpful for you to have some clarity here. Yeah, But that three-step process is GLOW, G, goal. We want to find a common goal with the person that we're seeking to influence. That's step one. Step two, we want to L, lessen their trigger conditions. Mm -hmm. Trigger conditions are those things that cause them to react in fear and then they close up. Again, remember, when the lid comes on the cup, you can't influence, you can't pour anything into that person. All right. And then finally, the O, optimize their ideal conditions. These are the environmental conditions that open them up. They feel at home in these environments. And so how do we optimize those ideal environments? This is Mm -hmm. how we stay in that zone of influence. And we get that internal and external compliance, or at least... They always have their own free will, right? But but we're cultivating an environment that is going to incline them to get on board. Or, you know, we're doing our own work and we're recognizing where we need to, you know, surrender and surrender accept. a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Let's do it. Aaron's taking the lead on this one. So this mm-hmm. one, what's our, what are we working through here? Like how, do, what's our influencer scenario for parents? Uh, your child or your children won't do the chores that they, that you've asked them to tisk, do. Tisk, tisk, tisk. 
Mm-hmm. Never had this happen before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Lots of people probably. So kids not doing their chores on the weekends, not picking out mm-hmm. the toys, not cleaning. I, I remember just finding my own frustration with this and uh, starting to apply some of these things mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. and seeing surprise, surprise, like some changes, some changes starting to happen. Like in those changes coming in the form of like not having to constantly remind mm-hmm. or even some of those changes in myself where I'm, like choosing not to get ticked off when I need to remind or reinforce or take a different tactic than I may be inclined to do as a cleric, melancholic yeah. father. Yeah. So when I was writing this out, I was thinking of two different scenarios. One where it's like you have an only child and there's just one child that you're struggling to get, you know, motivated mm-hmm. into doing the chores that they want, that you want them to do around the house. Um, but also the, the family, the mom or the dad who's got like a, a ton of kids and there's different techniques that are going to be applied to each child here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do it as if it's the one kid because that's what those big families are made up of. One kids. Lots, right? lots of one kids. <laughs> lots kids. of one kids. <laughs> um, but I might talk about like if you do have a family, I might throw some of those those um, little stories in there. Cool. All right. All right. G, we're in the glow. That the G of the glow, the the finding that common goal. Yeah. So the common goal or the parent's goal is for the kids to do their chores, right? Mm-hmm. And the goal of the parent isn't just you do it because I tell you to. Um, but it's like you do it and and you want to do it because it's meaningful and because I've asked you to do it and there's a mutual respect going on. Yeah. Here, right. So, so like ultimately they're choosing it. Right. right, with their agency that they have right. at that point. Right, because mom and dad can't be around forever and always when you're going off to college, you know, and you're acting like a slob. It's You can't blame it on mom for not being there. But maybe you can because mom's always been the one to tell you that. Anyway, I digress. So let's go back to this. So the choleric, the wording. Can you explain to me, Matt, how these questions kind of come into play because we talked yeah. about these last in the last episode. Okay, yeah. So when we're when we're in this phase of the G, the goal, mm-hmm. finding that common goal, I I'd like to draw even from our temperaments worksheet that we have uh, that you can if you participate in any of our temperaments workshops, we take you through this and appeal to the motivations that they have. So motivations mm-hmm. are like what they what drives them, what gets them to action, where do they want to rest at the end of the day, what's what's keeping them and sustaining them in action. And so here we're trying to get some sort of client, uh, some sort of uh, of buy-in to a, a behavior yeah. that we want from them. A dopamine so, hit, really. Yeah. So like you're inviting them, you're using words uh, that are going to trigger that hardwired dopamine hit. Like God has, based on your temperament, certain words will trigger that dopamine release and get you into action, and certain words will fall flat, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on your temperament. So how do we how do we invite them? to consider that common goal that we're going to share together in this so that they feel motivated Mm -hmm. to participate and actually want that goal themselves and they choose to will it themselves. Yeah. So um, the scenarios kind of change around a little bit. So if we're looking at the choleric child, if it's a younger child who really, maybe you're not having like a dialogue with them, but a question that you could ask yourself is, how do I make this into a game that they can win? Yes. How do I make this chore into a game that they can win? Now, what what is involved in games? Timers? Mm-hmm. Like, 
rules excitement mm-hmm. rules uh, uh, like really clear definition like clear measurements mm-hmm. of winning or mm-hmm. not there's there is a winner and there are losers <laughs> when, yeah, when mean, it comes to winning and or it could be just like everybody's a winner like we did this the mm-hmm. other day we had all the friends over at our house we had it was about what roughly 10 kids mm-hmm. that were all playing and the backyard was just like a mess. You know, it just had all the toys were all over the place. And we have this big bin that all the toys go into and everything's got its spot. And so I went out there and knowing that like there's there's one particular choleric child that mm-hmm. shall go unnamed that just wanted to keep playing. And I get it. Like that was his goal that he had in mind. And so knowing that he can get other kids on board, I just brought it up to him. It's just like, I want to know how fast we can get this yard picked up. Yeah. I bet you that you can't get it picked up in under, you know, three minutes. Yeah. And it was just like, and all of a sudden before any, like he's, he was just like, hurry. He's, he was, over, he was already barking at orders and saying like, you go over there, you go over there. Yes. And, and we just went boom. And I pulled my phone out and we got the timer going and they were going, and there's one part where I was like the choke point and he was just like, come on, Mr. Matt, get, get's going. <laughs> like cheering it on. And finally we got it in. He's just like, show me the timer, show me the timer. And the yard is picked up. And we got it done in like two minutes and 29.02 seconds. Yes, which both you and that choleric oh, probably was, got a hit of dopamine. I there. did. I was like stoked on that. And I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think another question that you can ask yourself as a parent is, how do I give them the freedom to make this theirs? Mm. To free, like, like kind of own this task from like beginning to end and then also have those clear guidelines and expectations and measurements of like this is when it's complete and this is when you've won that's huge like to give a cleric a clear picture of what winning looks like to just say like clean the you know clean the bathroom right that's not enough because like they've got an image of what clean the bathroom looks like you've got an image of what clean the bathroom looks Mm -hmm. like and if that image isn't matched up and all of a sudden they think they've accomplished the goal and all of a sudden you come in, you're like, it's not done yet. They're going to feel like you moved the yeah. mile marker on them. And then that's going to be frustrating. Yep. Like this is stuff. It's even, going into a trigger. Not even kids. Like Aaron and I have this yeah. conversation too. It's just like, okay, I want to get really clear on what clean the kitchen looks like. Cause this is what I picture. Is this sufficient? Yeah. And that's, we want to have clear metrics of, of success. Cool. Yep. I like that. Yeah. So these are the questions that you ask yourself. You can involve the older kids in like, hey, what is it meant? What does it look like for you? Like, this is what it looks like for me. So there's more of a discussion, which older clerics have that appreciation because then they're brought into this discussion. Sure. Right. Yep. Kind of yep. like going off of what we were talking about last week with the teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Saying one, how could, how could we make this fun? You could ask them that. Or you could ask yourself that if you are sanguine. <laughs> it's so funny that 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 is like a buzzkill for me. We've yeah. talked about this before, right. but it's just like that. It's like I don't know. Like how the the fun part is getting it done as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Well, you make it into a game if they're clear. <laughs> so there you go. Like, but how can we make this fun? So if you are sanguine as a parent, that's going to come very easily to you. You can go up and ask your fa- your sanguine child, how can we make this fun? I like using those pronouns, we, mm. because it really lends to their relationship. They want to be with you. They want to yep. be coll- collaborative with you. Mm-hmm. Or you could say like, hey, I don't know how to make this fun, but I know you can. So like, 
Like, how do we make this fun? Yeah, yeah, I can see that even drawing them into an ideal condition condition of being in like a creative environment yep. or certainly a collaborative environment. Yep. Another thing is if you have a large, if you have a large family, a lot of kids, um, I think you could block, like if everybody's doing the chores at the same day, which I think would be helpful, actually. Maybe, yeah. Um, but all of your sanguines, put them with other people. Put them in busy, busy rooms. If they're with other people, if they're kind of working alongside of another sibling who's doing a similar chore, maybe there's two of them folding together, you know, doing laundry or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's just, um, so it's, you could ask like, how could, how could we do this with somebody else? Yeah. I mean, again, like how can we make this conform to your ideal environment? Yeah. And we're jumping ahead, but still, I think we're breaking this down. This is what these these questions really, really start to bring about. Yes, we're, we're jumping ahead, but like this is every one of these, every step in the glow mm-hmm. is all about creating a picture in their minds of what success looks like and what like that that actually they like. Yeah, they like and they want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, and you're not lying. Here's the thing, like you are not lying about like it, it we all want the chores to get done. Everybody mm-hmm. wants a clean house, right? Mm-hmm. We're not tricking them to do these things, but we're really playing with those associations that are already existing, hardwired. That are not helpful to anybody, right? Th- those associations that they have this is hard, this is going to be boring, blah, 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 you well, know, it's not all hardwired, this. but yeah. Right, they're not hardwired. You actually can start to shift them by changing this imagery, mm-hmm. by actually presenting it in a different way, and and allowing them to live in it that way. You know, it would be tricking if you're like, it's going to be this way, and no, you're not allowed to live in it in that <laughs> yeah. way. Right? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we got the melancholic. Um, how could I teach them something within this chore? So. I we have a daughter who is melancholic. She loves to be with us, um, but also she likes learning. She'll ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm. right? And so if you kind of like frame it as like you're learning something new, I think the melancholic might be a little bit more open to that. What do you think? I mean, in, in this scenario, it's like typically melancholics are, are just clean and ordered in yeah. the first place. And so it's like... You might not need to be like, yeah, really getting them. Yeah. So like I, something that I'm learning as a parent is like if I have so many... If, if my daughter, I'm expecting my melancholic daughter to pick things up mm-hmm. and there isn't a place for everything, mm. then I am going to be like, this is going to be hard for her to do because she's mm. inclined to put things back where they go. And if there isn't a place for them to go... Mm, that's How can we be, give her quick success? Exactly. It, okay. Yeah, and that starts to even get into the ideal environment yeah, sure. that we can help create for that. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also like appealing to the melancholic's desire to be um, a part of something meaningful. Mm-hmm. So even just being like, I know when I'm talking to Avila too, like just kind of being like, we all like isn't it nice to have like a clean house that Mm -hmm. everyone can live in and be happy, right? Like, and it's like, you get to contribute to that. Yeah. That's that, that piece to it. Yeah. You're a part of this. mm -hmm. You're a part of it. Yeah. But it's, it's a more meaningful, bigger, like goal. It's a more bigger goal. It's a more bigger goal. 
Christmas. <laughs> All right, phlegmatics. We don't homeschool. Here we go. Yes, thank God for Avila. Um, phlegmatics. Phlegmatics. Um, how could we create a, a repeatable process and get the job done with assurance and quickness? Yes. Yeah, just like the consistency of like, yep. hey, this is this is when the chores are happening every yes. single week. Again, it's just like, but again, you're inviting them into into like, when when do you want to do this? Like, tell me when the time is that that is going to best suit to get this done, mm-hmm. right? Or when this when this makes sense. So that's mm-hmm. that's one way of doing it. But also, I I think it's just like, and I, I just want to jump right into creating ideal conditions. I know, here. I know, it's hard. All right, right, I'll pause. But like. That's I think that's good is like what is what is consistent plan that we can put together. Yeah, I think that's the best thing for for the phlegmatics is just kind of creating. But they also love like the melancholics. I'm sorry, like the clerics. They like knowing defined measurements like Mm -hmm. they like knowing that that's when this chore will be completed Mm -hmm. when I hit this. So if you give them a system or a process, it's kind of defined. Yes. Um, Okay. Don't cool. hide the supplies on the phlegmatics. What does that mean? Don't like put the stuff in a different cabinet oh. in the house that they need. No, don't do that. And don't I think I think just too. being like every Saturday at this time we do this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So cool. Okay. All right. L. Let's go into lessening the trigger conditions. Um, it's funny we did the, we wrote these separately. So the one that Matt kind of took the lead on last week, um, but I wrote out all the same <laughs> triggers that the cleric feels. So uh, the cleric, some of the cleric triggers are being told what to do. And unfortunately, this happens when they're really little and they need to be listening to mom and dad, right? But they still don't like being told what to do. Well, it's not even being just told what to do. It's not so bad of like, hey, you need to do this as much as like, don't tell me how to do it. Mm, like don't so micromanage me on this. Like, and, and this is like where I, let me find, let yeah. me find my way. And again, this is kind of in the, the cleric likes to have a say in the decision. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like, we're, we're, how do we, how do we make it so that the, the, the we're not taking any of the decisions away from the cleric. Mm. It might be something like, Hey, this has to happen bet- before, 11 o'clock this needs to get done but like you decide when you want to get started with this Mm -hmm. but it's got to be done by 11 o'clock it's like okay now i get to decide how i'm going to organize my morning to get it done on time and you might even say like and it's not done on time at 11 o'clock then this is what's going to happen so like it's clear consequences clear measures of success this is what done looks like again Mm. do Um, you think they don't like being told what to do because they they are thinking that the other person's assuming that they don't know that might be it so like Mm -hmm. this is a trigger condition for a cleric too is like when when you when you feel stupid Mm -hmm. or like you're being talked down to or like somebody is presuming that you don't know or you can't figure it out yeah so that is is like just just like hey i know you can figure this out but like this is what this looks like and so and this is also like this is how I'm going to be checking in. So again, based on, mm. I, I had to do this with my Marines too. This yep. is, and we do this with adults on management teams and <laughs> in, in businesses. It's like, okay, this is, this is what winning looks like. The project's done on this time, mm-hmm. at this time, on this date. But like, I'm going to be checking in periodically and this is what I'm expecting to see happening. Mm. And if I'm not seeing those things, that's when I'm going to be like, hey, what's going on here? And it's just going to be like, 
tell me tell me your plan. I'm not going to presume that you don't know what you're doing, but just tell me what the plan is yeah. at this point because I, it's I'm th- I've got a picture of what things should look like right now and it's not matching up. Yeah, I think everything that you're just saying actually a- applies to the other triggers that the cleric has and that's removing any free will, like being like this is exactly how it's done, like yep. do it this way or else or whatever. There's like ultimatums and threats. Like the biggest way that you'll see a blow up or some or Claire completely shut down and leave and not want to talk to you anymore <laughs> is to give them an ultimatum or a threat, right? In in this case. Now, I know everybody's going, well, what if they're being abusive? Okay, we are not talking about that right now. <laughs> and these are children. So children's, children's, children. Children. Children yes. are never really abusive to parents. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's some of those situations. I'm going down a tangent right now. So anyway, going back to these other triggers, removing any free will, ultimatums and threats, and then um, wasting time. Wasting time is another trigger for them. And so what would, how would you remove the wasting time thing when it comes to chores? I I think it's, it's like, don't tell me when I have to do it. Just tell me when I have to have it done by. Ah, and so there's there's like just give me the freedom to be able to structure my time. I see. Right. And because it's it's a natural giftedness of the cleric to kind of be like, I'm going to do this first. This, yep. And just allow like even as they're young, create the space for them to do some trial and error. Mm-hmm. Right. But like know that there is this inclination to achieve, to get something done. Um, and part of I think one of the ways that we can help them to step into this gift more is giving the space for them to have a little bit of trial and error where the punishments aren't so severe for not getting it done on time. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. So the sanguine triggers are rigid and inflexible environment. Um, I can definitely speak to that if it's like this is, so I lived um, in a house with a couple girls way back. We were all single and one of my roommates who love, I love her dearly. And she just was probably very, I would guess, she's probably melancholic, phlegmatic. But she created this whole cleaning list where you would have to like, I don't know, put a sticker on it when you did it. And it was like, I never did it. I still did the chores. I'm not doing that. But I was like, I'm not putting a sticker on that. Or, you know, like it was just like, I and I did them on my own time. So um, there's that rigid and inflexibility. If you want your your sanguine child to get up and actually get excited and get other people excited, because that's another thing that they're really good at doing, mm-hmm. is give them some type of freedom in a way like, like the um, choleric. They will be docile if you do have a process. Mm-hmm. But give them some freedom to be like, hey, but you also can kind of create... However you want to do it, it just, it kind of needs to look like this. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's it. It's just like when you want to do, not when you want to do it, but like, cause if they're young kids, you're like, we're going to do it at this time, mm-hmm. but you don't have to be super rigid with it and be like, it's timed and there's a right way and all of that stuff. Yeah. And just like, this is like, a, a, again, the awareness of, of the sanguine and, and where the sanguine can perhaps be flaky, easily distracted. Mm-hmm. Right. Just just know that like your sanguine child may need a little bit more supervision in this versus, you know, a a cleric or a melancholic that might be a little bit more fire and forget. 
Mm-hmm. Or even a phlegmatic that's got momentum, a little bit more fire and forget. Yeah, I mean, I think another trigger, though, of the sanguine is doing something alone. And I'm not saying that you have to be there with them, mm-hmm. but maybe if there's a sibling who can be there and, and work alongside of them, mm-hmm. like I said before, that's really helpful. And that's a person who can kind of keep them at task. Um, and when, they're, when they don't get it done, to presume that they did it because they're just lazy, that's not going to go well. No, I mean, just do like, don't be like, get, get curious a little bit about what, okay, what's going on? Why, how can we make this easier? Mm-hmm. Like, cause the still, like the gold is still the gold and the clean house is still the goal here. So, okay. yeah, that doesn't mean you let them get away with it, but I do say, I do think stick around for the ideal conditions. Cause I think I have some practical stuff to cool. keep them, keep them on right, for that. Um, yeah, the melancholics triggers are, um, Inadequate, quiet, and alone time, noisy environments. I wrote that because I think there's some, I, I think about my sister who cleans houses, like she, she works at the DMV full time, but then also cleans houses. And she was like cleaning, I think I like paid her to clean our house before we moved. And she just wasn't like listening to anything. She was just like really quiet. And I was like, hey, do you want to like listen to some music? She's like, no, this is like cathartic for me. This this is my time to think. And I'm like, I would be so bored. I'm like, that's my yeah. sanguine. So I, I remember. So, but like having that time alone. So if you do have a big family and there's like a lot of noise in the house, maybe you assign the melancholic to go fold laundry upstairs, you know, in a quiet place. Yeah. Something else that I think is really practical for the, for the melancholic is like, or a trigger condition could be, not meeting the ideal, okay? Mm. And so it's helping them to understand, like if you give them a a chore, right, and they're not doing it, they may not be doing it because they have made it much bigger in their head than it actually actually is. Mm. And so that fear of failure may be kind of something that's lurking behind the not getting started with this. This is so Avila. Or, or like the fear of yeah. like not knowing how to how to do it. And so just know this, like you, you may just have to be like, hey, what do you think this chore looks like when it's done? Mm-hmm. And like getting curious about what the ideal image is that's in their head and where there might be something that's triggering a little bit of fear. And then be like, no, oh, like let's, let's kind of like, we're going to lower the bar down here and, you know, they may have like this A plus image in their head and be like, no, you know, B, B minus actually works mm-hmm. for this. So like, we're going to call that and like, so cool. All right. We can, can we, can we agree to B minus? Like, there you go. Yeah. I remember in the beginning, like with, with Avila, like just kind of teaching her, how, teaching her how to clean up mm-hmm. and saying like, this goes here and this goes here. And, and because of that overwhelm, cause she would, she would like tantrum if you're like clean Mm -hmm. up and she'd be like i don't know how she didn't have the words to say it but i remember like finally figuring it out one day i'm like oh like jeez i get get triggered when i go in that toy closet yeah yeah "Ah, just throw it in there yep right too many Mm -hmm. toys okay also i think another thing that melancholics that could trigger a melancholic is kind of doing arbitrary meaningless work and that goes back to this Kind of like how how are we all working towards this goal together, this meaningful goal together mm-hmm. of living in like, you know, uh, like a peaceful and clean and neat mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. 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 
all of that, like just shaping the picture of yeah. what the ideal looks like for the melancholic. I think that's a big thing of just, they might have, they, they're going to, they're going to move towards a much higher ideal yeah. typically. Um, and have that in their in their mind, and to the point where they're intimidated by it, and mm. it's gonna it can cause a failure to launch. So just be aware of that. Your melancholic may be dealing with that, and just kind of temper that ideal image to something that's a little bit more achievable. Mm-hmm. Cool, phlegmatic. Um, they hate being rushed. Ugh, hate it, hate it, hate it yeah. so much. Um, they they actually become really stubborn when they feel rushed or feel like you're kind of taking mm. their free will from them. They will push back and, and it's funny because phlegmatics are su- super peaceful, but they hate it because it's breaking their, their kind of attachment to consistency or, or certainty of knowing, Hey, this, this is the end goal. This is, this is what I'm, what I'm normally doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, it's also kind of looks at like an interruption of their routine. Yes. Or and what so, they're even focused on in that moment. Yes. And so you have to give them kind of some time to be like, not like spring the chores on them mm-hmm. and just be like, we're turning this off. Like if they're watching a show, like we're turning this off and we're doing chores. Like that's not going to work. No. Um, phlegmatic children rarely flip out, but they will flip out if you do that to them because they're going to be like, ah, you're interrupting my routine. Mm-hmm. You're interrupting what I knew as this consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, also, unpredictable directions and expectations being forced to create their own structure or system. Um, it's helpful f- for when you give them a structure or system. Um, maybe as they grow and mature, they can start to come up with their own but. But like when they're young, you you can't have that unpredictable, like those unpredictable directions or interrupting their routine or rushing them. Yeah. Those two, those things. And so if you have a, a bunch of phlegmatic kids, just increase the time that you have set aside for them to do the, the chore. Mm-hmm. They won't, they need that adequate time to just do the task. Yeah. Not feel rushed with it. Mm-hmm. And even like I, I found... It's, it's very good to give, hey, heads up, this is what's coming. Yes. Five minutes, this is mm-hmm. going to be what's happening. So there's just kind of a little bit of a priming that's going on versus the abrupt, you know, yep. shift that's there. Yep. Cool. All right. So that's the O mm-hmm. or the L. Here's the O. Optimize those ideal conditions. Okay. So the choleric ideal conditions are freedom and trust to create the process and how they will complete and finish the chore. So exactly what you said. Yeah. Like don't really tell them the how, but say like, hey, I need this done and this is what this looks like. This is what done looks like. And by this time, right? Mm -hmm. And then let them come up with the how. Yeah. And at the same time, like if they are, if you're asking them to do something brand new, again, like an eye, a a trigger condition is like looking stupid or feeling stupid Mm. or wasting time. And so maybe you've got a cleric that really likes to figure stuff out. They're high learner. They really want to figure stuff out on their own. Like this, this could be an ideal environment. This could also be something where it's just like, I don't have everything what I need to get this done. Mm. And so you're asking me to do something and like, I'm it's, you're setting me up for failure, so Mm. to speak. And so even being able to ask like, Hey, like, do you, do you have everything that you think you need to get this done? Or, Hey, uh, you get as far as you can, but, when you hit a roadblock, just um, I'm right in the next room over. All right, yep. we, we'll just come along, we'll get past it, and we'll move forward. Right, and we'll get this thing done together. 
that's yeah. something where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's I I I love as a cleric having as a cleric melancholic mm-hmm. to have a dedicated, trustworthy source of good counsel. Yeah. So I'm not spending all my time Googling or trying to figure out and sift wasting through all the information, time. wasting time, but somebody that can like be there over yeah. my shoulder and show me how to do stuff. Like even even hanging our TV mm-hmm. on the on the on the wall, like drilling into like the frame into the, the the concrete, which I'd never done before. It was so big in my head and then Bryant just came over <laughs> and was just like he just drilled drilled the stuff in. It's like, oh, I I could do this again with these right with the right tools, you mm-hmm. know, next time. But otherwise, I would have felt like a ton. Yeah, would have been the pressure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's good um, to have. Cl- uh, I already you already said that. So opportunities to compete and win, and, and to keep in mind if it is a brand new chore, right? Like to have that space, and even just to be that support. Be like, if you need this help, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Okay, so Sanguine's ideal conditions. Freedom to socialize while completing the chore. And I'm not saying that they need to be like socializing instead of doing the chores. Like dilly-dallying. Yes, but socialize while doing the chores. So working alongside of somebody. Now, if you do not have that available to you, I could also recommend something like a story being told to them. Like maybe you go, you know, whatever, you look up a, some type of book, like an audio book, a story being told. So they feel like they're with somebody. But it's kind of that habit stacking that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like, I'm cleaning and I'm listening to somebody and I feel like I'm not alone. I'm like in this with mm-hmm. somebody. And I'm my mind is being taken off of like this job at hand, even though I'm still doing it. And so something like that, that that maybe they're not next to somebody necessarily in person, but it feels like they're not alone. Or even like, what do you think about just breaking it down to the short, easy wins? Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Breaking it. Yeah, breaking it up into like 10 minute increments. I always love this. And I know we shared this on the podcast before, but it's like, hey, let's see what you can get done in 15 minutes. But also, you know what else we can do? We can listen to, I'm thinking about talking to Abba. Mm-hmm. We can listen to your Tony alongside the Tony tells stories and, and has some music or something. Mm-hmm. So like that is, you know, you can listen to this while we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to say pair them with a finisher. If you have a finisher in your house, you know, if you have a choleric, if you have even a phlegmatic, if you have a melancholic, they're all finishers pretty much mm-hmm. except for the sanguine. So pair them up with a finisher um, if you do have a bigger chore that you're asking a sanguine to do. Um, they are a starter. They are a catalyst. They will get that phlegmatic excited about doing this. Mm-hmm. And then they can pass off the reins there. Um, but also give them permission to enjoy the process. And this is going back to that habit stacking. Like I was saying, like nobody wants to go for a run, but I want to go for a run if I know I'm going to listen to one of my favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. Right. And it allows me to kind of get out of the house and get some freedom and get, you know, get some endorphins going. And so there's that permission to have fun in the process, make the process fun. A friend of mine, I know she has a ton of, of cholerics as children, cholerics and I think some sanguines, but she was telling me about this game that they play as 20 second blitz. Mm -hmm. And it's similar to what you did. 
you know, out and back, but it's like, okay, just like on Saturdays, they go to every room, all the kids go to every room and they give them, she gives them 20 seconds and they just clean up as much as they possibly can. They put things away and they know where everything goes mm-hmm. out of the gate. Good and Montessori so, family. Yes. And so just 20 second blitz, like, let's see what we can do in 20 seconds. And it's like super fun. Like all the sanguines would probably be like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and okay. I think that's it. So the cool. melancholic ideal conditions moving on is quiet time for chores. Like, like I said, I was talking about my sister Kelly. Like, just mm-hmm. give them like a space of quiet. So if the house is like loud and chaotic, be like, hey, can you go fold laundry upstairs? Like, just some, like a quiet chore. Yeah. And I think also just creating the ideal picture of what done looks like. Yeah. Is so helpful. Yep. So helpful. You, you, especially if you, you may feel like it's, you're being overbearing and somebody's just like, oh, you know, I, I, like, I'll let you figure it out. That's like one of the worst things you could say to, mm-hmm. to the melancholics. It's just like, no, like, okay. Like, cause I could, th- I could think of a, a thousand, thousand ways. different ways yeah. that this could And now I'm overwhelmed done. by now, that. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, hey, this is, this is what done looks like. Mm-hmm. And that is a gift to mm. a melancholic, right? Especially if they... Do they like processes too? If you're like, and here's the process or are, are they resistant to that? Sure. I, I, I mean, I can speak for myself right. and, and sir, I, I certainly like processes, mm-hmm. right? Of, of being able to do things. So that's 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 a lot of my motivation on the choleric side of things. But mm-hmm. they, they just it's just like the freedom to be able to, to pursue an, an ideal, right? Mm-hmm. And having a good, reasonable, realistic picture that's achievable, like that is a great gift that you can give to the melancholic because they have a great capacity to dream of all of these ideals. And a lot of them are very lofty, but we just need actually the toothpaste cleaned out of the sink today. Yeah. Like that, that might be, that's, that's a helpful place, mm. for the, a helpful okay. guidance for the melancholic. Yeah. Okay. Non-judgmental encouragement. Uh, that's what I have too. Sure. If they don't do it perfectly the first time. Just remember that your melancholic will beat your beat themselves up a lot if they don't do it perfectly. And like Matt was saying, just kind of break down that ideal into really like doable steps. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, hey, we know that you did it well because you just cleaned out the toothpaste from this one mm-hmm. area. Here's where you missed a spot. That's okay. Like, And just mm-hmm. like even being able to say like, this is an area where you can improve later. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's helpful because it just... There's there is a desire to learn, a desire to kind of know what right looks like. Yeah, uh, and it's if you can deliver in a way that's that's not condemning, yeah. right, or shaming. Goodness gracious, not that, but it's just like, hey, you did like fine. This is something that you could do next time, and like choose when it's appropriate to do that. Too. Yeah, I want to do it all the time. No, yeah. like I would do it if it's consistently a problem. Mm-hmm. That would be like, hey, like just notice that. This keeps getting missed, and so I'm going to just show you how to do this right here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I noticed with Avila, her melancholic was coming out when she was learning how to how to draw, how to, like, create mm-hmm. things, and I remember her just being like, ah, you know, like, scratching it all out, and I was like, hey, there's no rules. Like, there aren't really rules when you're learning how to draw, you know? this mm-hmm. That's the fun part. That is the fun part, is starting to learn how to take these things that you see and draw them down on paper. And Mm -hmm. so I've noticed that that's kind of shifted it. It's like, this is the process that you're in. 
Or it reshapes the ideal. Yeah. The ideal isn't arriving at the perfect that's drawing, right. but it, the right. ideal is the learning process. That's right. Like that's, that's there. Yeah. Which is actually like the more, the reality of it. <laughs> it's true. Right? It's just like, so there's truth that's there mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Which is the real ideal. That's right. Cool. Um, the phlegmatic ideal conditions, positive accountability for sure, and encouragement, especially while doing something new and even scary. Um, phlegmatics will push against doing something new. They will push up against. They will do it. They will do it. They will continue to push against. They are stubborn in that way. And so you just want to be like, hey, you know what I think? Your ability to do this, you know, it's like some kind of gift. I think you could maybe apply it to this. And so just having them, giving them some affirmation, pointing that, like speaking that truth over them. That's mm-hmm. like what you were saying before. Um, and then giving some a positive feedback on that. Nothing will shut down a phlegmatic more than rushing them, urging them, shaming them. Like they will just become a shell of a person. Calling them lazy. Calling them lazy. Like they will become, and it's, and they aren't, they are not lazy. It's just, they haven't figured out what they are actually convicted to do mm-hmm. and so um also give them sufficient time to work and complete a task and um and then just give them some processes that's another thing cool. just like a, a really clean process they can continue to come back to so you're welcome you're gonna have a really clean house from now on yes depending on how many kids you have but that's the process here, folks, of staying in that zone of influence. Now, the zone of influence may feel like you're giving something up, like especially if, if it's a do-what-I-say kind of parenting style, which can feel like it's very Empowering. powerful, right? But we may get external compliance without the internal compliance, and the internal compliance without that, the kids are going to go astray once they leave mm-hmm. uh, as they try to just seek it out. But rather, when you engage that internal compliance through that zone of influence, that's actually where you get the results that you're looking for. That is the most empowering place to be. Well, and it's, and it's where like, human formation happens. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so we want to, you to feel empowered to be a good formator of the, of, of the person. Right. And even redefine what, what winning looks like, not necessarily external compliance, but there being, you know, an actual good, ex, like a good exercise of their agency. Mm. Right. And a development of that agency over time. And so we do that through the three-step process, follows acronym GLOW, G-L-O-1. We want to find that goal, right, that common goal, and engage them through things that motivate them, considering their motivations based on their unique design. Mm -hmm. Two, we want to lessen those trigger conditions, those things that prompt them to a place of fear. Fear closes. When they're closed, they're not open to being influenced, and they're going to be resisting where you're trying to lead them, all right? Uh, again, consider their unique design and what those common triggers are. And then finally, the oh, optimize those ideal conditions where they can show up and do what they do best easily. Uh, and it helps them to keep that cup, cup open to relationship, to influence, uh, while at the same time being humble and willing to surrender, right? Yeah. Where you are also open to influ- being influenced, even in the apostolate of our kids. Yeah. Cool. Um, so next week we're going to be talking about how to influence others in the workplace. And we have a couple of different scenarios there as well. Um, and then we'll get back to our leadership mm-hmm. um, podcast series. And yeah, stay tuned for that. What's the next step? I don't know yet. That's but- it. I'd say become who you are. Let's talk about become who you oh, are. Okay, yeah. so we've been talking a lot about 
unique design. Temperaments. Temperaments. Temperaments are a way of reflecting on those elements of unique design. Right? Mm-hmm. We talk about elements of unique design. What are my contributions? What are the, my weaknesses? I'm not really good at. What are those ideal environments? What are my trigger conditions? What are my motivations? When we can come to reflect on our unique design, these aspects, we can come to know purpose. That's a beautiful thing. So what is God's will for my life? For you to fulfill your purpose. And we can start to understand what that God-given purpose is by reflecting on our God-given design. Yes. All right. So this is exciting stuff. So we have a live event. Yes. Coming up called Become Who You Are. Yes. And that I just wanted to clarify that. Because exactly. you said Become Who, who You Are. And it's like I'm not just quoting John Paul II. Yes, yes. Alone. So we have a live event called Become Who You Are. And it's to help you discover your unique design and to also help you become a mentor in this space. Yes. Um, yeah. If you want to learn more about how to take people through what we've been taking you through on this podcast, um, considering the temperaments, definitely check out our live event. You will become a trained temperaments mentor and be able to help people discover their unique design. And what comes from that unique design, just want to say what Matt just said, is that you start to discover your unique call. We are living in a, I guess you would call it an epidemic of meaninglessness and purposelessness Mm -hmm. out there. And I think that this is that bomb to that wound. I think think helping people identify their unique design, it opens up the conversation. We can't evangelize anymore by going up to people and just being like, did you know that in John chapter six that, you know, that that is not Mm -mm. how people want to be evangelized to. How people want to be evangelized to is, hey, did you know that you're special and you're here for a reason? See me first, see me first. They want to be seen first and they want to be known first. And this is what Jesus did in his apostolate, in his ministry. He went around and he saw people and he knew them and he called them to follow him. And taking a page out of his book in that way. And so I really think that this unique design work, I think I think it, it solves so many problems, um, but I don't think I'm, you know, talking to any, like any of you would argue with me thinking that, uh, sorry, I'm like trying to figure out what I'm trying to say here. Right now we are in an identity crisis. We are in a pandemic or um, we are in an episode. <laughs> What's going on here? Okay. I feel like I'm short circuiting right, right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, back. Nah. Are you having a stroke? Okay. So let's no, wait, do let smell me, toast. Can, can, I, can I finish? What do you got? Can I finish? We, we all would love it. <laughs> we are in an epidemic of meaninglessness, but also because we don't know who we are, right? We don't have our identity. Yes. And yes. so this is the unique design stuff. Is it starts that. to scratch the surface on it. It really, yes. it's a very practical way of exploring it. Otherwise this task or this question, who are you can be like a, <gasps> a little bit of a daunting, massive it's task. It's kind of a huge question. Yeah. 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 But there's practical ways of exploring it. That's Amen. what we're doing at Become Who You Are. Okay. So check it out. That's what we're inviting you to do. Check out Become Who You Are. Go to catholiccoaching.com. We'll even put a link to it in the show notes. You can learn a little bit more about that. But tickets will go on sale Black Friday 2023. And you're definitely going to want to buy, if you're interested in this, you're going to want to buy those tickets, the the early bird tickets. Yeah. I mean, there's there's limited supply of the rooms. So at the rate that we've got. So definitely 
early. Check it out. If the wait list is still up, get on that wait list. Wait list people will be the first to know when things go on sale so you can take advantage of those limited spaces that we got. Cool. All right, guys. Can't wait to meet you in person. Yes. If, if God is calling you to do that. Come behind from behind the screen. Yes, incarnation. That's what we're looking for. And that is all we have for you today. Badeep, badeep. That's all, folks. Thanks. Bye. Hey, guys. If you liked what you learned here today, consider joining our academy, where you can take all these tools and learn how to apply them to your life. Supremely practical stuff, and you get coached along the way in the process. You are not by yourself. We hope to see you in there. 